Childhood Ruin. I am Michael Mallon, one of your hosts. Chris. And I'm Chris Benefield, your other host. Nice. Well, we have not talked at all on or offline since October, since last time. <laughs> yeah, who are you? Happy New Year. How's it going? Uh, uh You know, fine, fine. It's, uh, it's a Monday night. Yes, uh, indeed. You know, it's been a long work day, so I have a uh, gaming group that sort of evolved organically because I started bringing more interesting games than Uno to, to you know, play with my kids that come to my office. I'm school counselor by trade in case people aren't aware. Uh, and some of the kids saw them and wanted to come after school and play them, and it's just slowly and slowly evolved to now it's becoming an official club with permission slips and uh there's a D group that was rolling up their characters to get going uh next week so and are you yeah. gonna play and said D campaign or are you just gonna no, moderate? no i needed to supervise and uh you know i think we've kind of talked about this on this um, podcast before but um not to lose my nerd cred but i Probably have not played D&D since second edition, would be my guess. So it's been a while. Well, that's very cool that you have a motivated group of youngsters who are getting together to play games and not get up to other bad hijinks. Yeah, they they asked me to teach them magic uh, week before last, so it was a it was a proud moment in my in my career. Yeah, so thanks for folks for sticking with us. We, like I said, last recorded back in October. It's been months. Lots been going on, holidays, adult stuff. Yep. It's uh, we're back, so that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, one of the things I was going to bring up, which I've been sharing with you, my enjoyment of this is trying to consume new media this year. Yep. Rather than especially listening to music because I think I've gotten into a habit of just listening to the same stuff I always listen to because it's easy, it's convenient. Right. And I have playlists that have probably been on Spotify since I first got that app (laughs) Uh on my phone and they probably haven't been updated that much. So I just made a point to start listening to new music and I tell a lot of my patients all the time, this idea is self-monitoring. So Mm -hmm. like keep track of the stuff that you're doing, just whatever behavior it is that you're trying to change or trying to do differently, just like write it down. So I've just been writing down the new albums or new movies or new games that I play. The games and movies is very short because the only movie I saw last month that was new was 1917, which Mm -hmm. was very good. It was. And, uh, but the albums have been surprisingly a little bit easier to get through. It's just a shorter period of time. I can do it while walking. Mm-hmm. And let's see, in January, I went through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven albums, mm-hmm. which I was pretty happy with. And so far this month, I've gone through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nice, nice. Counting above and beyond today, which we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. <laughs> uh-huh. So you always needle me about doing the same thing over and over again. And I figured you would enjoy this. Uh, I enjoy the needling you, so, you know, wherever I can do that. 
So this just ruins that for you. Now you're sad. <laughs> I just, you know, I just pivot on to something else, you know. Well, and I've been needling you about some of your selections too. So, you know, there's, there's always places. Yeah. So I've tried to mix it up and mm-hmm. being that I have access to Google and I, I don't do a ton of research for these. Uh, a lot of this was, you know, like best albums of 2019. And then, I might specify it with like best rock album or best because uh, try to mix in some of the stuff you like, like EDM mm-hmm. music. Um, I realize that's repetitive. And probably my favorite, most surprising album I listened to was Duff's album. <laughs> right. That was one of your early selections because I was giving you a hard time about it. you're like, I'm listening to new music. And then everybody you're choosing while it was newer music by them were all people from kind of your, your heyday of music listening. So, but you know, it was still new music and you liked it. That's all. Yeah. That Duff, Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses has an album called Tenderness and it's a tribute to Otis Redding. Uh, no, it's, oh. it seems to be, I, I guess we're listening to NPR. There's just this genre of music that they go with Americana Yes. Can you uh, describe Americana as a genre to me? <laughs> uh, it's kind of a blend of they're grouping together like country, bluegrass, folk, just kind of rootsy American music is the idea. You don't usually hear like, um, you know, what they call country music on the radio referred to as Americana, but like alt country, traditional older country, you know, outlaw country, folk, all these things would fall under that. It's kind of an umbrella in the same way saying electronic music, like a a whole lot falls underneath that, but yeah. So yeah, it was, it was a surprising album. There's a few catchy tunes on there and I was just very impressed and It reminded me when I was reading, I had read an oral history of grunge music years and years ago, Mm -hmm. that Duff is connected to that scene too. So yeah, that was a a good album. The next one I listened to was Taylor Hawkins and the Coattail Riders, who's Mm -hmm. one of the guys from Foo Fighters. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But then I listened to a band that that you, I think, are aware of, Seven Lions. Yes. Um, would you care to educate the listening audience about Seven Lions? Because I had never heard of that before. I mean, I, <clears throat> to be honest, I don't know an extensive amount about Seven Lions. Why other are you than here then? Like, they're, they're an electronic act. They have put out some songs I enjoy. They have collaborated with the Above and Beyond, coincidentally. Um, but, you know, they're they're you know, probably last three or four years have been a pretty big artists and I don't know they seem to make a lot of music that kind of crosses some of the various um infinite subgenres of electronic music but they're kind of sometimes trancey sometimes progressive house and sometimes almost like certainly not dubstep but they do a lot of stuff that's kind of the that uh halftime beats mixed into their music oh, when I was listening to that I went down this wikipedia rabbit hole and I think I think there's a tweet out there between the two of us where I was like, yeah. is there such a thing called glitch hop or something like yeah, that? Right. And there is. Yeah. So that was, that was pretty interesting. Yeah. I think my favorite moments from that album is when I felt like I was playing an old Mega Man game. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, so that was good times. I won't go through all these, but um, like I listened to some bigger, bigger names. So the new album by Bad Religion, mm-hmm. Lana Del Rey, which listening to that, it felt like listening to Title by Fiona Apple, uh, which I like that album. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's people think that might be degrading to Lana Del Rey. It's not. Just it was good. It was fine. Yep. Uh, I imagine you could spend a lot of time delving into those lyrics and forming your own meaning to them. I did listen to Eminem's new album, which is considering he just performed at the Oscars last night, which was very bizarre. Just <laughs> kind of interesting having Eminem back in my life for a few minutes while I was listening to that. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Lanigan has an album. He's, he's one of the dudes from screaming trees. He's been around mm-hmm. forever, apparently. Yep. Uh, Julian Hatfield singing police, which was actually awesome. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. And then we, uh, almost went to see Armin Van Buren here in town. Yeah. Again, somebody I hadn't heard of before. I was like, Oh, I'll listen to Armin Van Buren. Right. And it uh, turned into a thing where we were going to go see the concert and we had recruited yep. a friend and cooler heads prevailed and we didn't go. Um, I'm not sure that cooler heads is the right <laughs> word there, but sure. Older heads prevailed. I mean, I wasn't going to say it, but I was I was in. I was ready to go. It has been enjoyable listening to new stuff because just, again, with time being an issue, I've like made more of a point to like walk and listen to music or when I'm driving, listen to new stuff rather than just putting on all the stuff I normally would listen to right so i like being exposed to new work new music but it is it is work yeah i mean there's some ways like it takes effort and i'm glad i'm putting the effort in and it's mm-hmm. nice to keep track of this stuff because it shows me like oh wow okay i've been exposing myself to new things um it's not easy <laughs> i mean i feel like it's pretty easy but i do know what you mean like you do have to kind of look around for what you want and but i mean Think about how easy it is now compared to like, well, yes, you know, 30 years ago. And you're like, I want to hear new music and, you know, have to borrow it from somebody or, you know, somebody has to make you a cassette tape of it or Or it's like high fidelity where you have to go to your local shop and say like, hey, man, like, what's good? (laughs) Yeah. And then you stuff to, you know, trust them and actually purchase this thing that maybe you get home and you're like, well, this sucks. So, yeah, I mean, it's it does take some effort, but still, you know, now there's an Internet. You can quickly look up like, you know, what what did Pitchfork think were the best albums of last year and fire up Spotify. And if you're like me and you pay for a premium, listen to it commercial free, you know, whenever you want to, wherever you want to. So is Pitchfork the new Rolling Stone or the new spin or I don't understand how Pitchfork fits in everything. Um, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it depends on who you ask if they would be like i don't i don't even know like anyway uh pitchforks may be like i don't i mean what what would be like the way out there music publication before and back in the day like it's like spin plus like it's definitely like 
music nerds and hipsters and uh, like the village voice or something yeah you know i was a village voice was kind of what was in my head but i never really read the village voice i'm not sure if that i wasn't sure that was accurate or not so yeah it's been around for a while i would say you know with kind of the rise of um you know indie rock as being a thing as and obviously the internet became like a place for people that were looking for something different to go to and uh yeah i mean some people really hate it i you know personally find that i enjoy a lot of their recommendations and especially when it comes to like when they recommend like tracks instead of albums like they're recommending a lot of very mainstream music just you know the stuff that in their opinion is actually good so um for instance back in the day they were you know on kanye west as being brilliant for his first several albums which i thoroughly agree with despite the things that have happened with kanye since then so um it's not like it's just all bands you've never heard of but it's definitely like a very uh out there critical standpoint on on music well and even there was because we we were out one night and we've talked about this on the pod before but my my enjoyment of huey lewis (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. Which again, you, you needle me for. Um, but we were we were talking about them because at the one neighborhood bar uh, that that you frequent, and uh, I was joining you, mm-hmm. that they have a uh, record player. Yep. And people can bring in their own records, but they also have a collection of records. And one mm-hmm. of them is uh, Sport. <laughs> you listen to news. Right. So they were playing that, which I was just you know enjoying myself. Mm-hmm. And you were giving me a band, the name of other bands that feature the saxophone, which is not too many these days. Well, I was actually saying that for whatever reason, I had run across several bands recently that are featuring the saxophone as a prominent instrument again, and how I was kind of enjoying its, you know, return. It feels like it's been not that there haven't been exceptions over the years, but just, you know, it was like a big instrument in the eighties in pop music and it just felt like it had gone away. And now it feels like for some reason, maybe just sure coincidence I had run into it a bunch lately. So. Well, who, who brought it back? Like, well, not brought it back, but Dave Matthews band had, I know, I feel like you well, have to mention them. They have a horn section, but they don't have like, you know, like that, Bruce Springsteen kind of like saxophone way up front as like a solo instrument kind of stuff very much. Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't, I don't listen to a ton of Dave Matthews cause I don't like Dave Matthews. So the Dave Matthews hardcore fans are probably listing off like 86 songs in their head that have a giant saxophone solo, but it, that's well, not just, what I think. And they're just song numbers. They don't have titles. It's just song 42. <laughs> so you, you turn me on to the, the bad man. I wanted to say the bald man cause that's a brewery, vibe, right. but it's the bad yeah, yeah. man. Yep. So I listened to both of their albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very, it, it reminded me of The Clash. It's just like very punk, um, pretty aggressive. It's it's fun. It, they would be a cool band to see live, I think. Yeah, unfortunately, you discovered them about a week after they were here. Which is they... what I do. I remember I remember <laughs> years ago, I was like, oh, it fits in the tantrums. They're really cool. I wonder if they're in town. And like they were in town the night before. I was like, oh, well, maybe next time. Yeah, we've, we've all done it. Um, but uh yeah no i to me they feel a little bit more i mean i haven't listened to all their songs and all their lyrics but it feels a little more like 
I don't know, like Mighty Mighty Boston's. Yeah, to, there, there's some of that. Yeah, like and like more like the aesthetic and the feel, and it like it feels more um, more rowdy, less political than say the Clash. Yeah, I guess I just remember that whole ska vibe back in the day. It seemed more punk than ska, and I don't know even if I could define the difference, but in in my head, it it, it felt like a little bit more. Uh, streamline than that stuff mm. but anyway that, that was cool the other new artist who is actually coming to town in a few months that maybe i'll try to see them uh squirrel flower and now this one you got me i've not listened to squirrel flower i feel like i could just make up things and you'd be like oh really <laughs> no i've been that guy before that like your cool friend really is like hey you know so-and-so and you're like Oh, yeah, yeah. Have you heard Inverted Turtle? Oh, man, her <laughs> album Couch is amazing. Whoa, really? Yeah. But, just, just make up Mad Libs artists. Even though everybody, well, everybody, a lot of my friends think I'm very pretentious about music, I have really tried to let go of of all that over the last, I don't know, five to ten years. And I definitely do not try to pretend that I know bands that I, I don't know. But I've I have been there in the past where I'm, trying to keep up with somebody that's cooler than me and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I think I've heard some of their stuff. Right. Uh, yeah, so Squirrel Flower is a, a female artist out of Boston, I think, with my okay. brief Wikipedia uh, search. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has a new album out called I Was Born Swimming, but had two other LPs that are also on Spotify that I listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking about just as some of this music I'm listening to, it just doesn't grab my attention at all. Mm-hmm. Like there was one album, Floating Points, which I think is <laughs> trance or something. Uh, it's not trance. It's just very electronic, like almost like ambient. Yeah. <laughs> it just didn't seem like much was going on and I, I just didn't get it. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. it didn't hit me. And you had made the point to me is like, you know, it's just kind of time and place. Mm-hmm. When you listen to music. Yep. And then, uh, listening to squirrel flower i was like it just for whatever reason it, it just really kind of stuck with me and i enjoyed it i think she's performing here in the twin cities in april um so maybe not that i have a ton of time but that might be cool to check out yeah do you do you remember where she's playing i think it's the entry oh yeah that'd be cool yeah which is where we saw dead sarah right this time, are you going to trust me that we don't have to line up? Outside? This time, I will trust you because now <laughs> that I've been there, I realize that it's the size of my basement. Right. <laughs> um, so yes, I, I think I would, I would not feel the need to wait in line. Good, good, good. Uh, for doors to open. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're out there wanting to, I know, incorporate some kind of new behavior into your routine, or change something you're doing because you do it too much, keep track of it. You know, I have a, just a, this ongoing, uh, notepad file on my phone. So whenever I listen to something new, uh, whenever I finish the album, I just write, just type in the name of the album and that's there. Mm-hmm. And my plan is, I think it'd be cool at the end of the year to just go through and see how many new albums I've listened to. Yeah. Which I, I, would, uh... I would bet last year it was maybe, 10 mm-hmm. maybe and that's just like oh an artist i like released a new album so i'll listen to it yeah i i you probably remember this and i think i've talked about it on this um podcast at some point before but i have a quest that i undertook y- years and years ago oh is this your book 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's there's a, a book out there. It's been revised a few times since I bought it, but it's uh, 1,001 records to listen to before you die. And if you've perused bookstores, there's this book for anything and everything now. There's a movies one and blah, blah, blah. So, But anyway, I picked it up really just to kind of laugh at it because usually when you see these kinds of lists, they're, they're pretty bad. Um, and I, the first page I opened it up to was the first Venom album, which got my attention as like, oh, this is not like your usual list of 1,001 <laughs> albums. Like this is actually... And I don't even know what that is. Uh, so Venom is like proto-death metal. They're some of the like very, one of the very early harder than hardcore So not the soundtrack to the Tom Hardy Venom film. No, no, like the beginnings of Swedish death metal. Um, so yeah, I flipped through it and it looked like a, a pretty cool list. I mean, there were some things that I was kind of like, okay, like, you know, Britney Spears' first album was in there, which while, you know, the um, Hit Me Baby One More Time, I will die on the hill of being a, you know, a nearly perfectly written pop song, although clearly not by her. Don't know that the rest of that album really merits being on the list, but aside from a few exceptions, like it was a really cool list. And so I decided I was going to listen to every single one of them. How many before, are you through now? Before I die. Uh, you know, I would have to pull up the spreadsheet to give you an accurate count. And I frankly may have forgotten to update it a few times recently because I, um, I know I've listened to a few recently and I've had a, I've had to buy a new computer since then. So I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm in the th- in like the 300s, mid 300s, I want to say. Nice. Yep. So that's kind of my, you know, tracking. And, and of course, I listen to new music and stuff that's not on the list, but I uh, try to get back to it and keep picking them off. There was a point in time that I was trying to acquire them all on vinyl, with, but uh, or most of them on vinyl, but we we let that go because then, then you decided to buy a house instead. Yeah, that's that's too many records and too many that I would only listen to once. And you know, there are things on there like I, I don't want to hurt your feelings because I know he's your boy. But the, there was like the Justin Timberlake album, which was fine, but the the, the Bring in Sexy Back one. But I don't I don't need to own that on vinyl. Like I won't play that again probably. So. Uh. I mean, if you don't want to have a party, then <laughs> that's on you. It's not on me. Right. You make your own choices. Uh, but, yeah, I mean. Um, this reminds me of the Christmas party you hosted where I was yelling at people about Jersey Christmas music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's some some guests from that evening that are still amused by that and have brought up uh, – Dominic the donkey multiple times. Yes, then, so. it's, a, it's a Christmas banger. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it is not, by the way, people out there that are not familiar with this song. It's only a banger if you grew up with it, which apparently meant living in that sort of general East Coast area. So, a lot of, uh, uh, of Italian Americans out there, Chris. Yeah, I mean that's great, and I'm 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 happy for you. I'm sure there's some Christmas songs that I love. That other people hate. I mean, Christmas and Dixie by Alabama comes to mind. I mean, I don't really get it if you hate it, but you know. Uh, but what was I going to say? Oh, um, 
just that uh, this is always a great time of year to do the whole new music thing because, of course, right around New Year's, everybody puts out their, you know, best of the year lists. And so this is usually a time that I tend to spend some time doing that. Um, Some of my other hobbies are winding down around this time of year. And so it's a, and it's, you know, at least where we live, it's cold. A lot of times you're kind of stuck inside. So it's a really good time to, um, you know, delve into some lists and listen to some stuff and find some new music. And then the other thing I was going to say is that, um, it's a great thing to do whenever you're kind of tired of like your favorites, <laughs> you know, your go-tos that you always listen to. Like, I don't, I'm maybe not like everybody, but you know, I'll find that I really enjoy, certain stuff over and over again, but then it starts to feel stale. And if you spend some time listening to a bunch of new music and enjoying it, you know, you add some new stuff to the rotation. And then when you come back to your old favorites, there's a little bit more freshness to them again, when you come back around to some stuff. Yeah. It's definitely something I want to keep doing. Uh, Although just keeping track of them performers that purposely have all caps or all lowercase letters. It's a pet peeve. (laughs) well you know i don't feel like people have to track this thing they can just also spend an evening oh i understand get a list and enjoy it they they don't they don't have to keep a diary about it i understand but it was like when you when back in the day when you collected cds yeah there were always those artists or those labels that would put out some type of different format cd that was it was either a sort of a cardboard or the width was different so it would throw off when you put things on shelves just wouldn't look right oh right Uh, that was always the cool collector stuff man i know but i'm saying is it's a little it's a little much so the one artist that did this um i don't know if you ever heard of torres t-o-r-r-e-s all caps yeah, not ringing a bell. Another female performer, an album called Silver Tongue, which I think this month that might have been one of the more enjoyable things I've heard. The problem mm-hmm. with listening to all this music in a, for me, a quick succession of time is I can't really remember like, oh, right, it's this song that I like or these three songs. It's, <laughs> sure. I, I just kind of have a gist of albums I liked or didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, a, that was the album I listened to after Floating Points, so it was... Kind of like, yeah, I didn't really get it. And then that album I listened to and I really liked. So did did mix in the new Kesha album, you know. Of course you did. Went a little mainstream. Mm-hmm. It's not nearly as good as Rainbow, but still good. So Noted. 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 <laughs> One of the bands that I just, I haven't actually written this yet because I just finished uh, listening to it on the, the drive home was Above and Beyond. Yep. You've introduced me to Above and Beyond several times. Right. Tried to explain it to me. I'm still trying to understand it, wrap my head around it. Well, you're coming in at sort of a weird entry point, but for a specific reason that I, I don't know if we want to get into. Cause... Yeah, we'll get it. It feels like like I never saw Napoleon Dynamite mm-hmm. or The Big Lebowski. And then kind of similar, I got into one of these kicks. I was like, there's a lot Man. of movies I just need to see. <laughs> we just got to pause this podcast right now so you can go watch this. No, too. no, I have seen them, but this was... <laughs> Maybe 10 years after they were oh, okay. it, All right. if not longer, for The Big Lebowski. I was like, sure. by that point, I watched it by myself in my house, and like everyone else in my life had seen it so long ago. Mm-hmm. 
So I like thought they were kind of humorous, but it, it just like it, it kind of passed me by. Yeah, well, I mean, I definitely think Napoleon Dynamite was more of a moment. It's it's fine, but it you know, it's one that will probably hold up less well as the years go on. I, I love Lebowski. I mean, I, I know some people don't really, but yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed it, but it's like when you're not seeing something at the kind of zeitgeist of when it's most impactful, it does feel like you're playing catch up a little bit. So I, I, I just say I, I feel it. that way a little bit with this other band mm-hmm. above and beyond because it's not really the type of music that I listen to the most. I'm very much a noob when it comes to this. And one of the reasons that I'm kind of curious to get into it is because we may or may not have an in to go see them at Red Rocks this, this summer. Right. Just seeing which, somebody at Red Rocks is a bit of a bucket list thing for me. Which is a highly sought is going to be tomorrow morning a highly sought after ticket that's gonna sell out in about twenty seconds. So we probably shouldn't not that we have a you know huge listening on us, but we probably shouldn't out how we think we're gonna get to go. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. But just we yeah. it it's it's a possibility that we could go. Right. It's um, it's I, I would say that if this works out, I am hundred percent going there's logistical challenges given red rocks is in colorado and we are in minnesota correct but it, summer break for me i'm gonna go it is it's a wednesday yep not i like the worst day potentially for a concert you want to see out of state uh sure originally i thought it was a saturday because when i was looking at the calendar i was looking at august 1st but it's mm-hmm. july 1st so there's some logistical things to figure out there um, right but for the uninitiated, give give your elevator pitch for what is above and beyond. Uh, above and beyond is um, well, they're considered to be trance. Although I would argue that a lot of their stuff these days probably falls closer to progressive house. Trance as a genre has gotten trickier and trickier because what it was when it first started, evolving out of techno, and what it sounds like now are pretty different which is kind of how electronic genres tend to go. Um, But anyway, um, a lot of songs with vocals, and I would say not that their songs don't deal with a lot of different topics, but overall a very positive, uplifting experience, which is kind of the idea with trance in general, I would say. But um, them... Very much so. And they're kind of they're one of the biggest acts out there that people haven't really heard of outside of this like extremely rabid fan base for them, their music, their label, etc. Well, you've shown me these videos either live or recorded where mm-hmm. they're all over the world. So they seem very much an international Absolutely. Yep. Where they just put out a call apparently and thousands of people show up and like they put on a performance slash concert slash, I guess, light show at times. (laughs) I guess that's just all part of the equation. Well, I mean, that's very much part of dance music, but these are, they're filling up large stadium venues and still, you know, probably out of our listeners, like, 
other than people that know me, like people haven't heard of them, which is, is just kind of an interesting phenomenon. Like I'm, it's hard to kind of, for me to think of like other people that are on the one hand as consistently big as they are. And like, on the other hand, still like very sort of underground in a weird way. So, um, yeah. And the one I, the album I listened to, which is on Spotify, you can, right. you can check it out is, um, yep. So I listened to a performance where they're live at the Hollywood Bowl. Right. In 2018, they're with an orchestra. Correct. Yeah, so this is not typical for them. This is something that right. they've – this is the, the third iteration that they're doing. Well, what you listened to is the second. They're about to do the third iteration of they take their, you know, former – you know, high energy dance songs and they reinterpret them um, as in these sort of, you know, they call it acoustic. That's not entirely accurate, but, you know, traditional instruments, um, each of the, the main three guys playing instruments and then joined by a whole bunch of other musicians. And they do this, these short acoustic tours where they play these um, sort of, you know they're not they're not necessarily orchestral arrangements except for the one or two big shows that they do and Red Rocks is going to be one of these which is why you know we're trying to go because it's not something you get to see very often and they bring in the original vocalists that recorded the original songs um, for the most part and they sing these they're now sometimes very like jazzy versions or almost loungy versions and then in this case huge. Um, symphony backing them up. So, yeah, because I think when you showed me the videos, it always seems very much like like a dance party, like you know. Right. So the their normal thing is a DJ gig. It's right. them playing their songs and probably a fair amount of stuff that they have a label that's got a ton of other artists on it. So they're playing their songs and some of their label artists, and it's yeah, it's it's all you know, like 130 BPM, you know, techno trance type music. This is completely different from that. So you've, you've, you've had a weird entry point into above and beyond because we might go to this show. Well, welcome to my life. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, I get what I'm trying to wrap my head around is. I, I think like you have a history with this band yeah so i mean the one thing i could compare it to and this is maybe a, a silly comparison is <clears throat> like if the first time you heard metallica and saw metallica live was the snm performance or it but even that was like still kind of metallica with a symphony it wasn't right. totally these reimagined versions of songs that you're familiar with mm -hmm. um, so like they could play a hit song for them with an orchestra and stuff. And I like, I would have no idea like that. It was a big song. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just, I feel kind of naive to the point of like, I really shouldn't be taking up a spot. If a super fan wants to be there, <laughs> I feel kind of guilty. It's like, uh, right. Well, so I, I mean, feel like an interloper. The background here is that we've been talking for a while about how neither one of us have been to red rocks would like to, um, see a show there and um, you know when they announced this tour I was kind of like uh, I'd really like to go see that especially the Red Rocks one because that's one of the ones that they're going to have a 
you know, a full symphony with them. Like the, if people want to check this out, the, the it's on YouTube now, full thing of the, I think it's 2016, but the one anyway. you sent to me was 2016. The one on Spotify is 2018. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Whatever. Anyway. Um, but anyway, it's the full performance of, you know, the last go round that they did. And I think the album's just called Acoustic 2. There's a sort of a movie that has, you know, some other clips and stuff mixed in that it was on Amazon Prime. I assume still is called Keeping the Day Job or something like that. Um, but anyway, I, I think it's a really fascinating thing just because this is not something I mean, it's kind of become a trend in electronic genre of people doing these kind of projects like this but um you know for most of these people like their djs their producers they create music um you know with their synthesizers and their computers and drum machines and which that's not casting aspersions on that at all i love that music and there's a lot of skill that goes into making good songs but um, a lot of people that are doing it are not necessarily people that you think of as being like classically trained musicians um, or playing a specific instrument. So it's interesting to see these guys take their songs and play a guitar and a you know Rhodes piano and a and a grand piano and make it into something completely different. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess yeah, got to make a decision on if we're going to try to do that. Well, I've made my decision. As long as the person can get me in, I'm going. The question is whether or not you are accompanying me. Because <laughs> right. the road trip's out of the question because it's going to take too long to get there and back. It's not out of the question for me because, uh, you know, summer's off, but but I, I get it. Um, and, you know, I – I do think this is another case of like, you know, we talked about listening to the right music at the right time. And like, I think that you were expecting sort of the dance above and beyond, even though when we had talked about that, we could go, I was talking about it being acoustic and orchestra and blah, blah, blah. But I'm not sure that that really sunk in. So in your head, you're thinking they're big dance productions which are awesome and a completely different experience and then you listen to this album and you're like whoa this is uh this is really mellow yeah <laughs> and i'm thinking you know venue that's known for having amazing acoustics for being outside and just beautiful setting under the stars and these like very pretty um reinterpretations of their songs which again i have a huge emotional connection with because even though sometimes above and beyond borders or not even borders. They just are to me like almost unbearably cheesy at times, especially like their, their, their normal, you know, trans productions. Like some of them I really enjoy and some of them like, you know, just kind of the way they choose to do it in lyric wise. Like I can't take, they, they lay it on a bit thick with the audience. Uh, Sometimes. And so I actually think that those cheesier songs do much better in this reworked interpretation. But I have a huge emotional connection to them because above and beyond were sort of just I don't want to say we're like central to, but they were definitely like part of, you know, that that sort of uplifting, unrelenting positivity was something very important to me during a extremely unpleasant section of my life. 
yeah. that we still have really danced around but never really gotten into. And, I, you know, this podcast is probably long enough that we don't want to do it again. We're here, saving it for season three. So, yeah, sometime we will get into it. But, like, you know, just there is an experience of loss. There is, you know, th- we've we've definitely mentioned divorce for me was in the, like this was during that time, like having this thing that was like just very positive and uplifting was important. Um, and there were specific songs that are associated with people and things that happened during that time. So there's a huge emotional connection for me there. That's And one thing as that I can say as an interloper or. And right. coming to this late and trying to just sort of figure out what, what this music is all about from this band and listening to a live performance, it does seem, I guess it's so easy to be cynical, mm-hmm. to just feel like skeptical of the whole thing. Like, come on. Like, like, are you, do you really have this much positive energy? Are you really feeling the love from the crowd? Like you, like coming in as like someone that's not totally familiar with the vibe and stuff. <laughs> right. It seems a bit much, but, at, yeah, the, but I, at the same time, I don't think you cultivate an audience by faking it. No, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I can, I can see how coming into that, you know, without really, I don't know, without kind of getting your feet wet here and there and sort of slowly taking it into like, Again, it's a weird entry point. It's, but I can see how you would think that. I do encourage you because you just listen to it to check out the, it's free. It's on YouTube. It's the full thing. Like watch some of that. And there's, you know, the shots of the crowd and how people are relating is to the music and whatnot. And smoke or no? There's, there, <laughs> there are lights and, and, and smoke. It's not the same as their dance, which we are for sure going the next time that they come to town. Um, so that you can experience that, and I'll be dragging, you know, anybody and everybody that I can get to go. I, the next saying, I listened to the whole performance, and I, I don't think the beat dropped once. So the beat definitely did not drop in that <laughs> performance. You are, you are correct. I don't think I missed it. I think it just didn't happen. <laughs> it was, it was an hour and a half performance of when will the beat drop? When will the beat drop? Uh, so <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be in Colorado again, like. When's it going to happen? Is it like the third encore? They come back out, they're going to do it? They're leaving me hanging? I came all the way out here. Uh, but anyway, uh, it, 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 we'll definitely go, and we, you'll experience the beat dropping many, many times for one of their regular performances, and those are great, too. Uh, and I do encourage anybody that wants to, to go to them, like, go, go by yourself, go with other people. It is easily the most friendly, welcoming crowd that I've ever been around um if you're intimidated about going to you know sort of like a dance show because you feel like you're too old or you're not you know hip enough or just any of these things like they are a hundred percent the one to go see like super welcoming crowd it will skew younger there will be people wearing the kind of stuff that you imagine people wear to like you know raves and edm festivals and stuff but it will be a huge variety of people and regardless super fun welcoming can nice do the liquid ball? friendly you can 100 percent do the liquid ball at what we're talking about going to or you know at their regular shows too so wow so i think that the take home from from this episode is uh duff squirrel flower and above and beyond 
<laughs> I think it's really like listen to to new music and you know go down that that rabbit hole and like listen to one band and then see what bands you know come up because you listen to that you know do the algorithms or whatever it is and and have fun. That sounds like a good place to leave it. So All right. listen to the algorithm algorithms and have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Big Brother is controlling all of us. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, I, I'm, it's been exciting. I think for me, and this probably has some deeper things with mental health that we're, we're not going to get into right now, but um, I think exposing myself to new things, coming out of a shell in some ways, is uh, good for me. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited for... Not only this, but I'm reading more. I'm trying to break some old habits and yeah. uh, traveling with a close friend, even if it's to a band that I'm not too familiar with, to just go have a few days of experiences sounds like a, a good time. So Yeah. I, mean, uh, I haven't really gotten to spend time in Denver or that part of the Rockies, so I think it's, it's a fun trip no matter what. Yeah. So we're going to, as we always say, do this more often. <laughs> uh, don't don't hold us to it. But uh, <laughs> if you have any comments, feedback, you can uh, catch me uh, on the Twitters at the IDM, T-H-E-I-D-D-M. Mm-hmm. Uh, how can they find you? Uh, well, before that, you know, I'm just going to, as usual, plug that, you know, we're, we're going to get to our music episode with Matt Damon just as soon as we can not available just as soon as we can get that lined up it's award season it's Oscar you know we couldn't make it right yep we also have a red hot chicken finger debate to get to in the in the near in the near future all pun intended I nearly caused like a a a scuffle at work (laughs) expressing my opinions about this so and you have uh, a perspective from being from the south I, I mean, I have I have all the perspectives when it comes to, to greasy chicken. Uh, and then um, you can uh, I, I try to most interact with people around this show on on Twitter as well. And I'm Geekzinga. You can find me, you know, responding to, to you and harassing you about typically stuff. me like me about something. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so, yes, very good. Well, I, I appreciate the education. And uh, we'll, uh, if we make plans, we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out soon. Chicken finger debate. Yes. All right. Until next time. Yep. See yeah, yeah.